Chapter Forty Eight of Peter Simple. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. Peter Simple by Frederick Marriott. Chapter Forty Eight. The Devastations of the Hurricane Peter Makes Friends At Destroying or Saving Nothing Like British Seamen Peter Meets with General O'Brien, Much to His Satisfaction Has Another Meeting, Still More So A Great Deal of Pressing of Hands And All That, As Pope Says Now that the brig was safe, we thought of ourselves my first attention was directed to the dead bodies and as i looked at their mangled limbs i felt grateful to heaven that i had been so miraculously spared we then cast our eyes along the beach to see if we could trace any remnants of the other boats but in vain we were about three miles from the town which we could perceive had received considerable damage and the beach below it was strewn with wrecks and fragments i told the men that we might as well walk into town and deliver ourselves up as prisoners to which they agreed and we set forward promising to send for the poor fellows who were too much hurt to accompany us as soon as we climbed up the rocks and gained the inland what a sight presented itself to us trees torn up by the roots in every direction cattle lying dead here and there the remains of a house of which the other parts had been swept away for miles everything not built of solid masonry had disappeared we passed what had been a range of negro huts but they were leveled to the ground the negroes were busily searching for their property among the ruins while the women held their infants in their arms and the other children by their sides here and there was the mother wailing over the dead body of some poor little thing which had been crushed to death they took no notice of us about half a mile further on to our great delight we fell in with the crews of the other boats who were sitting by the side of the road they had all escaped unhurt their boats being so much more buoyant than ours had been thrown up high and dry they joined us and we proceeded on our way on our road we fell in with a cart blown over under the wheel of which was the leg of the negro who conducted it we released the poor fellow his leg was fractured we laid him by the side of the road in the shade and continued our march our whole route was one scene of desolation and distress but when we arrived at the town we found that there it was indeed accumulated there was not one house in three standing entire the beach was covered with the remnants of bodies and fragments of vessels whose masts 
lay forced several feet into the sand and broken into four or five pieces parties of soldiers were busy taking away the bodies and removing what few valuables had been saved we turned up into the town for no one accosted us or even noticed us and here the scene was even more dreadful in some streets they were digging out those who were still alive and whose cries were heard among the ruins in others they were carrying away the dead bodies the lamentations of the relatives the howling of the negroes the cries of the wounded the cursing and swearing of the french soldiers and the orders delivered continually by officers on horseback with all the confusion arising from the crowds of spectators mingling their voices together formed a scene as dreadful as it was novel after surveying it for a few minutes i went up to an officer on horseback and told him in french that i wished to surrender myself as a prisoner we have no time to take prisoners now he replied hundreds are buried in the ruins and we must try to save them we must now attend to the claims of humanity will you allow my men to assist you sir replied i they are active and strong fellows sir he said taking off his hat i thank you in the name of my unfortunate countrymen show us then where we may be most useful he turned and pointed to a house higher up the offices of which were blown down there are living beings under those ruins come my lads said i and sore as they were my men hastened with alacrity to perform their task i could not help them myself my side was so painful but i stood by giving them directions in half an hour we had cleared away so as to arrive at a poor negro girl whose cries we had distinctly heard we released her and laid her down in the street but she fainted her left hand was dreadfully shattered i was giving what assistance i could and all the men were busy clearing away throwing on one side the beams and rafters when an officer on horseback rode up he stood and asked me who we were i told him that we belonged to the brig and had been wrecked and that we were giving what assistance we could until they were at leisure to send us to prison you english are fine brave fellows replied he as he rode on another unfortunate object had been recovered by our men an old white-headed negro but he was too much mangled to live we brought him out and were laying him beside the negro girl when several officers on horseback rode down the street the one who was foremost in a general's uniform i immediately recognized as my former friend then colonel o'brien they all stopped and looked at us i told who we were general o'brien took off his hat to the sailors and thanked them he did not recognize me and he was passing on 
when i said to him in english general o'brien you have forgotten me but i shall never forget your kindness my god said he is it you my dear fellow and he sprang from his horse and shook me warmly by the hand no wonder that i did not know you you are a very different person from little peter simple who dressed up as a girl and danced on stilts but i have to thank you and so has celeste for your kindness to her i will not ask you to leave your work of charity and kindness but when you have done what you can come up to my house any one will show it to you and if you do not find me you will find celeste as you must be aware i cannot leave this melancholy employment god bless you he then rode off followed by his staff come my lads said i depend upon it we shall not be very cruelly treated let us work hard and do all the good we can and the frenchmen won't forget it we had cleared that house and went back to where the other people were working under the orders of the officer on horseback i went up to him and told him we had saved two and if he had no objection we would assist his party he thankfully accepted our services and now my lads said swedbird let us forget all our bruises and show these french fellows how to work and they did so they tossed away the beams and rafters right and left with a quickness and dexterity which quite astonished the officer and other inhabitants who were looking on and in half an hour had done more work than could have possibly been expected several lives were saved and the french expressed their admiration at our sailor's conduct and brought them something to drink which they stood much in need of poor fellows after they had worked double tides as we say and certainly were the means of saving many lives which otherwise would have been sacrificed the disasters occasioned by this hurricane were very great owing to its having taken place at night when the chief of the inhabitants were in bed and asleep i was told that most of the wood houses were down five minutes after the hurricane burst upon them about noon there was no more work for us to do and i was not sorry that it was over my side was very painful and the burning heat of the sun made me feel giddy and sick at my stomach i inquired of a respectable-looking old frenchman which was the general's house he directed me to it and i proceeded there followed by my men when i arrived i found the orderly leading away the horse of general o'brien who had just returned i desired a sergeant who was in attendance at the door to acquaint the general that i was below he returned and desired me to follow him i was conducted into a large room where i found him in company with several officers he again greeted me warmly and introduced me to the company as the officer who had permitted the ladies who had been taken prisoners to come on shore 
i have to thank you then for my wife said an officer coming up and offering his hand another came up and told me i had also released his we then entered into a conversation in which i stated the occasion of my having been wrecked and all the particulars also that i had seen the brig in the morning dismasted but that she had weathered the point and was safe that brig of yours i must pay you the compliment to say has been very troublesome and my namesake keeps the batteries more upon the alert than ever i could have done said general o'brien i don't believe there is a negro five years old upon the island who does not know your brig we then talked over the attack of the privateer in which we were beaten off ah replied the aide-de-camp you made a mess of that he has been gone these four months captain carnot swears that he'll fight you if he falls in with you he has kept his word replied i and then i narrated our action with the three french privateers and the capture of the vessel which surprised and i think annoyed them very much well my friend said general o'brien you must stay with me while you are on the island if you want anything let me know i am afraid that i want a surgeon replied i for my side is so painful that i can scarcely breathe are you hurt then said general o'brien with an anxious look not dangerously i believe said i but rather painfully let me see said an officer who stepped forward i am surgeon to the forces here and perhaps you will trust yourself in my hands take off your coat i did so with difficulty you have two ribs broken said he feeling my side and a very severe contusion you must go to bed or lie on a sofa for a few days in a quarter of an hour i will come and dress you and promise you to make you all well in ten days in return for having given me my daughter who was on board of the victorine with the other ladies the officers now made their bows and left me alone with general o'brien recollect said he that i tell you once for all that my purse and everything is at your command if you do not accept them freely i shall think you do not love us it is not the first time peter and you repaid me honorably however of course i was no party to that affair it was celeste's doing continued he laughing of course i could not imagine that it was you who was dressed up as a woman and so impudently dashed through france on stilts but i must hear all your adventures by and by celeste is most anxious to see you will you go now or wait till after the surgeon comes oh now if you please general may i first beg that some care may be taken of my poor men they have had nothing to eat since yesterday and are very much bruised and have worked hard 
and that a cart may be sent for those who lie on the beach i should have thought of them before replied he and i will also order the same party to bury the other poor fellows who are lying on the beach come now i will take you to celeste End of chapter 48